From somewhere in Northeast Indiana, Mike Davidson lives. And now your host of the podcast, Mike Davidson. Oh, man, am I way the F off schedule here. Thank God I've got the week off coming up. So I can uh, rectify the ship, so to speak. Hell yes, Mr. Robert. Thank you very much. It's me, Mike. Mike Davidson lives is the name of the podcast. Thanks for joining me. Hanging out for the next half hour as I'm doing this early, early Saturday morning, way past midnight. Uh, I just got off the phone. Get to that here in just a few moments. So normally, uh, this is a twice a week podcast. I cut the episodes Sunday and Wednesday night. They post Monday and Thursday mornings, respectively. Um, I wasn't feeling well Sunday night, so Monday night I recorded, posted Tuesday. I was going to do this episode Thursday night, post Friday morning, but I was just too damn tired. I got home from work. I was in the recliner watching the evening news with uh, my son in my lap, and we both conked out on the recliner. We were just tired. And, you know, when you're a father and you got a two-year-old boy and he passes out and he's just, you know, comfortable as all get out, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to get up for anything anything uh you're just like well let them enjoy the moment for and there you go you're out i'm out so yeah uh, i'm off this week from work uh hopefully get some stuff done like uh, christmas shopping yeah that's that's the other thing too like that that adheres to my personal philosophy of christmas shopping shop where they ain't when they ain't and if i do it uh first week of december when everyone's at work it works out for me. I don't have to be in a crowded mall. I don't have to be in lines. I can get in, get out, and get things done. I don't care if I'm not saving a buttload of money with the sales. I just want to be away from people. <laughs> so that's what I'm going to do. And, of course, uh, my sisters, both of them come up uh, Monday from Florida. They're visiting my parents this weekend. And then um, a little bit next week, they're going to visit uh, my brother-in-law's family out in Ohio. But, uh, yeah, Monday afternoon, be hanging out with them. Tell you all about it uh, when we get to that. Okay, so uh, the part of the reason why I'm recording this so late is because uh, I was on the phone for damn near an hour and a half with uh, a couple of friends, a uh, fraternity brother and a friend of mine, uh, James Bennett and Kelly Rector. Uh, t- two cool dudes. I hadn't heard from them for a while. Uh, they called me. I called them back, and we were just shooting uh, shooting the shit for a bit. And... Um, they they um they have a very interesting idea for a podcast, um and I told them I did one and but there's I I don't want to tell them I don't want to tell you what they told me I don't want to give you their idea so you can run with their idea, although if they get the ball run it rolling on it you would hear it and go oh I could do that or maybe you couldn't, um but they they were asking me uh what my advice would be for starting a podcast even though. I'm not exactly rolling in that uh, big, fat, green podcast money just quite yet. Yet, um, so I just said, "Hey, uh, you know, your laptop. Get just get some basic recording software. Uh, I go with Audacity. I know that's not uh, high quality, but it's free, and for my purposes, it works out okay. Uh, you know, get some USB mics, maybe a mixing board. Get a room that is sound treated. Now, in my office, my nerd cave." I have quite a few foam panels up and around. They're decorated, so they're up and around the office, and they mask any echo. And I've had people come into the house before, you know, talk out in the hallway, and they come in here, and they can hear the difference immediately. So that would be my... You don't have to do it all around the room, but you have to have it 
to the point where like you hear no echo, at least the part of the room that you're recording. And then from there, you know, do what you got to do. Uh, but they told me their idea and uh, I, I like it. I really do. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll see if they can get that off the ground. And if they do, uh, yeah, I, I'd join in, in a conversation or three with them for sure. Now they were asking me also, as I get a little more long-winded here, uh, in terms of a band, best lead singer, best guitarist, best drummer, best bass player, and kind of like an all-star thing. Um, and I went with, uh, let's see, best vocalist, we have to go with Freddie Mercury because they're just next level. There's no topping that dude in terms of vocals or showmanship. Guitarist, easy, Hendrix. Bass player, go with Getty Lee from Rush. And drummer, got to go with Bonzo, John Bonham from Led Zeppelin, who is just a force of nature. You know, and, there, and there's some disagreement. And I don't think there's really a wrong answer. You just, you're just talking about some of the greatest people to ever do what they did in rock and how we don't have a lot of those dudes uh, are doing that anymore. And there's not really a lot of guys up and coming that can match the quality of those dudes had. Um, but uh, yeah, maybe, maybe uh, when uh, James and Kelly get the podcast going, uh, I can delve a little more into that because uh, it was it was a fun conversation, it really was. Uh, speaking of musicians, uh, you you got to hand it to the Rolling Stones; they still got it. You know, they they still got it. You know, they're going on tour. They got this partnership uh, with <laughs> AARP. <laughs> I mean, it's funny because we've been joking about it for years, Rolling Stones being old and AARP. Well, lo and behold, AARP uh, is uh, offering tickets uh, through discounts and everything for the upcoming Rolling Stones tour. Makes sense because a lot of their fans are now, you know, with Canes and Walkers. Um, but just to show you how damn popular the Rolling Stones still are, AARP, they've had a website for decades now. Their freaking website crashed due to ticket demand. And let's be honest, not everybody on the AARP website uh, collects or is a member of AARP because they're a little too young for it. Yeah, If you had the chance to go see the Stones, you'd go see them, right? I have not seen the Stones yet. Um, and they'll probably be touring for another 30, 40 years. But it just their, their legacy, their catalog of music uh, matched by very few. And it just, go again, goes to show you, not a lot of those dudes around anymore. So there's some uh, controversy with Beyonce. And um, I guess she's turning white or something. Uh, well, that's the, the perception online. There's a picture of her in a silver dress, silver uh, hair. And her skin looks a little lighter than usual. And you get some people who are uh, white saying, oh, she's wearing white face, that's racist. And you have some people from, uh, you know, the black side saying, okay, she's betraying her African-American heritage. And it just, there's just this big backlash from all sides. Her mom had to join in and go, no, she's doing this for, uh, uh, you know, kind of a, a photo shoot type of mo uh, movie music thing. It's part of the costume. She isn't turning white. This is hurtful, blah, blah, blah. Um, and... I have, I have no problem with her natural skin color. You are who you are, right? Uh, you, you can't mask things like that. I don't know if she's really trying to turn white or anything. I don't think it's much of anything. I think the time to be concerned if Beyonce is turning white is if she leaves Jay-Z for Sammy Sosa. Then you freak out, okay? Because that dude, I have no idea what the hell is going on with that guy. 
So uh, that's what's going on with uh, one of the pop divas out there. Uh, Felicity Huffman, remember her Oscar-winning actress? She was also on uh, Desperate Housewives. She went to jail because, you know, some college scandal with money, you know, trying to get a, uh, a head up on people, you know, trying to you get some favoritism and all that. Big controversy a few years back. It also involved the, uh, the chick from Full House and everything. Uh, she's out of prison now. In an interview, they were talking to her and how how distraught and upset she was about it. And she was trying to do this to get her daughter in the school. And she just said, I, I just wanted my daughter to have the best life. Yeah, and it almost sounds like she still feels like she's a victim in all of this. Having the best life. Again, Oscar winner Felicity Huffman, star of a, a, a TV show that had a pretty big following back in the day probably not hurting for work up until that time, wanting her daughter to have the best life. Her husband, by the way, William H. Macy of Shameless fame, who's been in a few films like Fargo and, and so much more, they they still feel like <laughs> they did nothing wrong here. It's, it's almost like they're oblivious to the fact that there are a lot of kids who can't go to school. And those who do go to college are working multiple jobs and taking out loans and are paying these things off decades later. And she's worried these this actress, this famous actress made it married to a famous actor with a kid. They're worried that their kid was not going to have a good life. Well, their, their kid's going to have a better life than a lot of other kids, regardless if they get into school or not. That's, oh, God. This is why a lot of people hate Hollywood. Just, just the bubble they're in and the obliviousness to uh, what goes on outside that town. By the way, um, I'm excited about this. Uh, this is coming up late December, uh, bowl season. As you know, college football season uh, ends with uh, 47 different football games. And uh, one of them, down in Orlando, it used to be the Cheez-Its Bowl, but now it is the Pop-Tarts Bowl. And I think it's, uh, uh, I forget, Big 12 team versus ACC team or a Big East. It, it doesn't matter. What matters is it's the Pop-Tart Bowl. And at the end of the game, whoever wins the game, they're going to meet up with the uh, the mascot of the, the Pop-Tart Bowl, which is a giant Pop-Tart, which is an edible costume. Somebody's wearing this big edible Pop-Tart, and the football players of the winning team get to eat off of that costume and and when i saw this story the first three words that went into my mind were suck it fauci uh because we've come a long way from being shut down three years ago to now to the point where like okay we got a bunch of big sweaty dudes uh joining in on this um uh, this obviously not healthy guys uh, mascot costume <laughs> just eating on a sugar filled costume with some hapless intern on the inside. Intern filling. Yeah, that's crazy. But, like, it, it reminded me also of Spaceballs. You remember Pizza the Hut, voiced by the late, great Dom DeLuise, where it was just this disgusting... And, like, uh, one scene, he's on the, the Videotron, and his henchman is eating off of him a little bit. I think, like, uh, the Pepsi Yum people need to buy into um, uh, a bull game and sponsor the Pizza Hut Bowl. And at the end of the uh, of the game, the winner gets to eat. Uh, <laughs> the winner gets to eat uh, whoever is wearing the pizza costume. They get to eat the costume off that person. 
Uh, the loser would uh, eat, I don't know, Little Caesars. I don't know. But, yeah, edible costume. If that doesn't get you excited for uh, uh, postseason play, I don't know what will. I mean, I guess the, uh, the national championship. I know you're not excited about Colorado in the postseason because, oh, boy. I, here, here's the thing uh, with Deion Sanders. Like, I, Colorado had one win last year, I think. And so if they got two wins this year, it was going to be an obvious improvement. But I think with all the hype and everything, this was just going to be a spectacular failure. If if Deion Sanders was a little more humble and his coaching staff was a little more humble and there wasn't just this big splash, I don't think there would be as big a backlash because at the beginning of the season, they were 3-0. and They started out fairly hot. And then, you know, they, they lost eight of their last nine games. Jesus. Yeah, so it was not good. Unless, of course, you're a sports writer, then it's it's great. A uh, sports writer for Sports Illustrated because Sports Illustrated named Deion Sanders the head coach of a 4-8 and eight football program, Sportsman of the Year. And you're wondering, did they, they write this after week three? Yeah, that that's kind of the feeling I got. This is such a stretch, such a pander. They want this to succeed. Um, and if if Deion Sanders in Colorado finished six and six, you can make the case. If if they if they went to a bowl game, you can make the case that there is some rejuvenation. But then again, as uh, as somebody I know pointed out, you know Nick Saban has won like what seven national championships has never had the honor of Sportsman of the Year. Uh, and if you look at anybody that's won a championship this year, any important athlete this year, uh, and their accomplishments, or any charity that they have done, uh, and then to see somebody who led a team to 4-8, and eight, and they themselves no longer a sportsman, uh, get this award, it's uh, or this distinction, it's, it's a joke. I mean, I'm not the world's biggest Meg, Megan Rapinoe fan, but at least she played a sport. You could make, you know, if you're more sympathetic to her, you can make that uh, argument she's Sportsman of the Year. Travis Kelsey, who dates Taylor Swift, is a very talented tight end, who also t- uh, dates Taylor Swift, has won a couple of Super Bowls, including this year, and also has been rumored to be seeing Taylor Swift. You name him Sportsman of the Year, uh, people would actually go and buy magazines. You know, as long as Taylor Swift is on the cover. You named Deion Sanders Sportsman of the Year. Four and eight, Sports Illustrated. Man, how the mighty have fallen. That's uh, that's just one, one leg of uh, this week showing how bad overall sports media is. I alluded to this last episode about this young fan out in, uh, who's a Kansas City Chiefs fan. And... Uh, he got called out by this writer uh, from Deadspin. Okay, so this kid is wearing face paint and and uh, the big Indian chieftain hat, right? And uh, one side of his face is pointed, painted red, one side is painted black, and it's you know half and half. And uh, one camera angle shows the black side. And this writer from Deadspin gets so pissed off, he writes this article about how this kid got into uh, Arrowhead Stadium in blackface and a lot of sports media types including uh dan lebiturd um joined in and talking about how racist this was well it turned out he was not wearing blackface they sh- uh, later on in the game there's another angle where he black and red face well it's still wrong for him to be wearing indian garb it, and the sports media kept 
pounding and pounding on this. And Dan, Dan Lebetard says, you know, there's no reason why anybody should be wearing black and red face paint. Uh, and then, of course, pictures of him dressed as Kane the Wrestler and uh, Darth Maul ended up on the internet. But then they push back, whoa, that's not racist. That's not the same thing. This kid dressed up as an Indian. It turns out this young man who's five years old, uh, his mom uh, posted on social media, this man who's five years old who's wearing the, uh, the Native American garb going to a Kansas City Chiefs game is at least partially Native American. His dad is Native American, and his dad loves the Kansas City Chiefs. And in fact, went and saw the Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl this past year. Yeah, radio silence. And what made me so mad about all this backlash was just this rush to be right by these uh, these uh, these social champions, these social justice champions that claim to be you know, fighting for the oppressed and uh, the little guy. So they start, you know, picking on a five-year-old. And they don't even have all the facts about this. What, and even made me angrier was this sports writer writing about this and saying that this kid was wearing blackface. It was clear to me, after seeing all this th stuff, that the writer who wrote this article wasn't even watching this game, the Chiefs and Raiders game. Usually when you write about a sporting event, you watch some snippet of the game. You're either watching it or listening to it or following it somehow. This writer was not doing that. Just saw a picture and decided to run right with it. And I believe Deadspin is also owned by Rolling Stone, which uh, years ago, remember that article about the woman that accused that uh, fraternity in Virginia of rape and it turned out to be a big charade charade yeah and uh rolling stone i think got sued how is deadspin not going to get sued for this you know one of my things is like in the public eye in, in, in the in the arena of ideas if you're going to take somebody to task make sure that person is an adult and not somebody who's attending a football game with their family and it probably isn't even in kindergarten yet. That, that to me, is just mind-numbingly stupid. And that's what these sports writers did. That's what the, a lot of these sports media types did this week. Again, in the rush to be right, wanted to dunk on a five-year-old. And it just blew up in their face. And that's why I don't watch a lot of ESPN. That's why I don't read a lot of Sports Illustrated uh, if I look at Deadspin, it's just to laugh my ass off because I can't believe these people actually like sports. They seem so angry about everything else. To me, I'd rather just watch the game and come to my own conclusions. And usually, I leave the fans alone unless, of course, they're punching each other over $15 beer. Then it's funny. By the way, uh, speaking of high-priced stuff, The Atlantic, um, I didn't read all this article because this in itself is satire. They're blaming you for inflation. Uh, they're citing all these numbers, and they say it's because of you that uh, prices are so high because you're addicted to expensive stuff. Yeah, and by you, me too, um, which is weird because uh, my wife, who is the house accountant, uh, 
we have to tighten our belts on a lot of stuff and we find ourselves cutting a lot of things out and she finds herself doing without a whole lot i don't really go out and buy expensive things we, you know we get by with the necessities that we need as opposed to the necessities we want right um it's not our fault for being who we are now granted there are people that are irresponsible with cash but why does that how does that explain how grocery prices have just exploded in the last year or so there's a lot going on and to say the consumer is at fault well it's almost like uh, disney doing that or any other company like anheuser-busch it's your fault we're failing <laughs> it's your fault prices are high really no one wants to take accountability. It's always somebody else's fault. And by somebody else, your fault. So inflation's your fault. Uh, beer company failing, your fault. Uh, Disney making bad movies, your fault. Etc. 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 Amazon, by the way, uh, surpassing UPS and FedEx in terms of delivery volume. Well, it's because uh, Jeff Bezos now rules the world. And uh, probably will do so more with drones and... Uh, AI and whatever else he can get his hands on, you know these uh, these super yachts don't build themselves. Uh, he's probably not responsible for inflation at all. <laughs> yeah, uh, Baltimore's got a pee problem. I got this linked up on the Mike Davidson Facebook page. I I saw this story. I'm like, what is this? Uh, yeah, apparently public urination is so bad, human urination. I might add that the foundations of buildings, historic buildings in Baltimore, are starting to corrode. That's a lot of pee over the years. That's, uh, that, is, or that is homegrown acid rain right there. Golden showers, I guess. And so what Baltimore proposes to do, because obviously the problem here is we don't have enough public restrooms in Baltimore, so they're going to... Uh, uh, build more public rush, uh, restrooms in that city, and that should curb um, uh, public urination. I don't think that's the problem at all. I mean, and, and the, reading this article, it's funny. It's like everybody's peed on a building. Everybody does. It. And I'm thinking to myself, in a major city, in a major American city, you know, you might do this stumbling home from the bar because you're drunk and uh, you don't know any better. But it's not like, you know, you're leaving the office. Oh, I'm going to be late. I got to get home. Uh, before I hit the car, I might as well pee in this public garage, this parking garage. No, that's not the problem here. There's another problem here, but they don't want to address it because they don't want to offend anybody. And I will say this, too. If you do public restrooms, how long before those are locked? Uh, and I'm serious because public restrooms are also... You know, places where drug deals happen, drugs are used, uh, sexual rendezvous, other things. I mean, I live here in northeast Indiana, and there are times I will go to a park with, with my kids. Oh, I got to use the bathroom, and the bathroom is locked. And it's like 3 o'clock on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, so, in the, in, in, it's not like I'm going into downtown. I'm, I live on the outskirts. You know, I wouldn't say rural, but I mean, it's it's on the outskirts um, and they have the bathrooms locked. So how long before these public bathrooms in Baltimore get locked and are uh, are corroded with pee? 
Because just because there's a toilet in the room doesn't mean that toilet's going to get used. Um, okay, this is one of those things where I have to laugh and I, you know, say, haha, kind of guilty. Not really guilty, but kind of guilty. Um, New York Post has a list of uh, gender neutral names for the expecting pa parent in 2024. So uh, it doesn't matter if it's a boy or a girl, you don't want to confuse them. You don't want them to be angry with you the older you, uh, they get. So rather than define them with uh, gender-specific names, gender-neutral names. And uh, some of the names on this uh, list include <clears throat> Collins, Harrison, Coulter, Huxley, Ridley, Spencer, Carter, River, Noah, and Wren. And uh, if you want to get creative, just look. I, I'm looking at this list of names. If you want a gender-specific, uh, a gender-neutral name, just name your kid's first name after a last name. Mackenzie. There you go. Mackenzie. <laughs> McCoy. Uh, look, it really doesn't matter what you name your kid. I will I will admit, uh, kind of guilty, uh, my son's name is Logan. But my wife and I were floating around the idea that if he were born a girl, we would have three daughters. God help me. Um, but uh, we would name her Logan because we just liked the name. But he was a boy, so Logan fit better. But it doesn't really matter what you name your kids. I mean, it does and it doesn't. The name should have some meaning, you know, uh, something that uh, something that uh, you and your uh, your spouse hold dear you know, maybe it's a family name, maybe it's something that uh, you find cute or, you know, brave or interesting or whatever. You cannot be afraid to name your damn kid. You just can't be. You can't be like, well, if I name if I name her a girly name or name him a manly name, uh, he's going to be mad at me later on down the uh, road. You can name your kid any of these names on this list. They're going to find a way to hate you regardless. It doesn't mean they hate you. It just means kids are uh, melodramatic and they think they know everything. Uh, I don't know why there's this uh, anxiety about naming your kid. You know, Lana, Hazel, Logan, those are my kids' names. And they reflect who they are because when these kids are born, their personality fills that name. I know that doesn't make any sense, but it kind of does when you see it happen. Okay, so a few more things here. Uh, this uh, woman in Nebraska is a keeper. She bagged a buck. I have this on the Mike Davidson Facebook page, too. And uh, she got proposed to by uh, her uh, fiancé, makes sense, her husband-to-be. And it's making the rounds on social media. And uh, Mazel Tov to the lovely couple. I think that's pretty cool. Um, now, here's the thing, though. Like, if he goes hunting all the time, will she have to go with him? Does she insist on going with him and his buddies? Would that make things awkward? Or is there is there a way for there to be, you know, a guy's night out hunting and a girl's night out hunting? I mean, do, is doing everything together as a husband and wife comfortable? I, and it's a serious question. Uh, but also... Would it make the man ashamed if she bags uh, one with more points? Yeah, well, that means he would have to clean it, right? I don't know how that works. 
A few Christmas stories here. Uh, Die Hard, back in theaters, December 8th. One of those uh, Phantom Events, Fandango type of things. One night only. Check your local listings. Uh, it really doesn't matter if you find it to be a Christmas movie or not. It's still a great action movie. It made Bruce Willis a household name, an action star, and introduced the world to a great villain in Alan Rickman. Um, but uh, given given Bruce Willis's health status and how he's dealing with a form of dementia and he's slipping away every day. I mean, it's even if you don't go to the theater and see it, if you just pop in your Blu-ray or stream it, it's just a great reminder of what an awesome action star he was and how charismatic he was. And again, kind of in the same realm with, uh, you know, my rant about how we don't have a lot of great rock dudes anymore. We really don't have a lot of great action stars anymore. And we have to go to the old guys like him and Keanu Reeves and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, Die Hard, a Christmas movie, back December 8th. And, uh, okay, terrible woman out in England. I guess she's one of those social influencer types. She is uh, claiming that no one can come to her Christmas dinner. This is family, by the way. And her family cannot come to her Christmas dinner unless they contribute a little bit. And by a little bit, I mean a $200 a plate meal. So let's just say I'm related to her somehow, and I'm not, thank Jesus. Uh, but that would mean spending a thousand bucks on this household for one dinner. And I know damn well my three kids will not ever eat everything on their plate. They'll probably just eat bread. No way in hell I do this. In you know Thanksgiving, you know I cooked the turkey, my wife did the pies, my mother-in-law did the sides, my parents brought up some sides as well. That was con contribution. That kind of spread out the cost. It was nice. It was a great meal. This woman wants $200 a plate. I guarantee she's not cooking it. Although, if you got in-laws that you're wanting to avoid, that might be the tack to take. And uh, tell the kids, NORAD will be tracking Santa this Christmas Eve. Uh, I got that on the Mike Davidson Facebook page, too. Uh, they'll be watching him drift across the country in a hot air balloon. Hey, man, if that's, uh, that's not how you be, uh, begin the year, you might as well wrap up the year. You know, it's kind of a bookend. You just do stuff with hot air balloons and uh, do nothing until it goes out and over the ocean. And with that, uh, until next time, stay fresh, cheese bags. You've been listening to Mike Davidson Live. Be sure to check him out on social media. Like him at facebook.com backslash mdavidsonlive. Follow him on Twitter. Look for at davidsonlive.